Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I have to tell you, this is the most incredible time of our lives if we just open up our eyes, open up our hearts, and keep our minds so that we can absorb the amazing things going on. I never thought in a million years, honestly, when I when I started on this journey, this passion, you know, this accident that many of you refer to as talk radio, that I would ever be interviewing someone like Billie Jean King. Well, guess what? Today is the day. She has been a longtime legend and icon, somebody that has helped me shape my life and in many, many ways. And, you know, if you think about accomplishments and in her field and you think about what she's done, you're looking at 39 Grand Slam tennis titles, but also what has she done to pave the way for people like you and me? So there's the on the court and there's the off the court. And when you put that together, we're looking at someone who has been so influential, uh, not just here in the United States and for American adults, but we're looking at someone that really walks the talk, that has inspired people to stand up, and has inspired women in particular to know that you can be absolutely exquisite in your life. Today we get to talk to her. She sounds, you know, her bio sounds like mine, six knee surgeries and a couple of other things going on. But you know what? We're going to talk to her about what that journey was like, what she has done, how she moved beyond the suffering, and Billie Jean King is ecstatic to be back on the court. Billie Jean, thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Pat. It's uh, great to be with you, and I hope people are happy and going for it out there. I hope they are, too, but I'll tell you, you wrote the book on going for it. I mean, at least in my <laughs> life, five, you did. I, you put new meaning to the words going for it. You know, what is this like for you to to look at your life today, to know that this is the 50th anniversary of your first Wimbledon win, win and and look at the terms going for it. What does that come to mean for you? Well, I was an aggressive player. I'd go to net a lot. You know, serve volley, we call it, serve and volley. You know, serve and hit the first ball in the air, which is a volley, and um, going forward. And I always get a kick out of everybody now. They, call, they talk about leaning forward, uh, going forward. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this in the last, it feels like even a few weeks, a few months. Denzel Washington used it in his, you know, his commencement speech at the University of Pennsylvania this year, and it's all about leaning forward, not backwards. And I thought that was pretty funny because, um, as a as an aggressive tennis player, that's what we're always doing doing is going forward. And I always hope and realize I go forward. You know, I I live each day, I live each moment. Um, all we have really is time, so let's make the best of it. 
and whatever time we have and um, have a very productive, happy, mm-hmm. healthy life. And that's that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me about everyday life and all of us, not just uh, – I don't think about myself so much. I think about all of us. And uh, I just think true champions, uh, champions in life, uh, mm-hmm. what I mean when I say champions in life, really – hopefully affect another human being in their life uh, to help them be better. That's it's really a gift. I know Andre yeah. Agassi and I talk about that a lot. And he's he's got his, uh, you know, like his Agassi Prep School uh, Academy, I'm sorry, out in Las Vegas. And it's it's amazing what he's done for these children in this, this area that's full of poverty. Yeah. I mean, this is something that is you have been, uh, of course, all of us can sit down and read all the bullet points in your in your bio. But those of us that sort of were inspired by you to live uh, a completely empowered life. And I was one of those people. You, you know, one of the things that is so important I want to talk to you about is is how you got the courage and the gumption to do what you did. Because, you know, we're talking about your style of tennis, but it also seems to be sort of a reflection on your life, so to speak. It is. Uh, I think what has made my life exceptional is, um, first of all, I got very lucky where I was born, Long Beach. Uh, I got very fortunate on my parents. My mother was a, a homemaker at the beginning and then ended up working, selling Avon and Tupperware because it had flexi, basically flexi time. And my dad was a firefighter, and he took on another job so my brother and I could follow our dreams. Uh, and they didn't care if we were any good. They just wanted us to be happy, happy and healthy and try our best. And uh, my younger brother became a major league baseball player. And, you know, over 10 years he played in the majors. And, of course, I became number one in the world in tennis. And my parents – Probably would have been just much happier if we were home all the time with them. Um, they had to, we've always had to share us with the world, so to speak. I know that was, I, I know it was hard on them because uh, they didn't care if we we're famous or, or all those things that happened to us. Uh, but I start with them. My Rev, Reverend Bob Richards uh, in my church was a huge influence on me. He was a gold medal winner in the 48 and 52 Olympics as a pole vaulter. Every sermon every Sunday was about empowerment. <laughs> about being a champion in life, about how sports and physical activity helped you be healthier, you know, and how don't smoke. I mean, all the things that you want to uh, hear as a child. And, of course, he had sports in every sermon, so you know I'm there every Sunday because he had such wonderful stories. He could have personal stories or other stories. And what a great motivator he was. And then I'm my first coach, Clyde Walker, in the Long Beach Public Park System. I'm very, very lucky that we had a great public park system Um in Long Beach, California, where I was born. Also, the Long Beach Tennis Patrons helped me. The Long Beach Century Club helped me. I had people who believed, me, believed in me and helped me along the way. And uh, I always think about them. Uh, yeah. You know, I just, I got, I'm very fortunate, and God gave me extra energy. I definitely yeah. have given an extra dose, not dose, many doses of energy. So yeah. I can... I- I love this because I was uh, interviewing uh, Gloria Steinem, and uh, we talked about how we get to stand on the shoulders of all that have come before. Yeah. And it, you know what I'm saying? And what you're describing is this incredible journey. It's really like a tapestry when I listen to you of um, how you've been able to stand up and be who you are authentically and, and recognize the people that help you get there. So often we forget about that, don't we? 
I hope not. I never have. Every day I wake up, I have a grateful list. Mm-hmm. I call it my bless my blessing list. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's quite long. Especially <laughs> <laughs> when I'm older, I have more history. Uh, just to uh, be very thankful that all these different people have uh, been in my life, made a difference in my life. Um, in fact, standing on the shoulders of the people that came before us, um, I actually use that in my speech that I did for the uh, high school graduates last week for the Andre Agassi Preparatory Academy. Mm-hmm. And I talked about we all stand on the shoulders of the generations before us, but what I tried to emphasize with them, it's now going to be your turn turn soon to shape the world so we can stand on your shoulders. And you could see them absolutely <laughs> they were paying attention. And I talked about them being in an area of poverty. They certainly are not full of poverty in their soul and in their minds and their ambition. In fact, I would say they're very rich in those areas. I, when I meant poverty, I meant financial poverty. Yes. I did not mean in their soul or who they are right. as human beings. And it was so gratifying to see the 18-year-olds. Um, and particularly, they had, you know, the, there were three gr- women on stage, the president, the valedictorian, and the vice president were all women this year in the graduating class. So it, it's amazing uh, how far we're coming. And, of course, Gloria and I used to get into it a little bit because I used to go – I used to tease her. I used to joke <laughs> with her. I go, I go, Gloria, Gloria, <laughs> the feminists only think from the neck up. It's about the whole body, the mind, body, and soul. We, you should use us more. We're sports. We're visible. We're fun. We can help. <laughs> We can help the women's movement. Use us. You know, she'd look at me, you know, because she's such a great writer and she's so sweet. And she didn't wasn't big in exercise. And so one night she was at this Women's Sports Foundation dinner, and I walked across the stage and say hi to her. And she goes, Billy, she whispered in my ear, I'm exercising now. I'm exercising now. It was adorable. So, um, so you, you do it. She's a, she was a huge influence on me as well. And uh Mm-hmm. It, it, it's pretty funny, but it, it just shows it's you great. your background and how you grow up. And who my parents were very big on uh, exercise, being healthy. And I'm, I'm sure her uh, mom, I think, who raised her, I think it's her mother. Or, I can't remember if she had both parents or not. But I don't think they emphasized exercise or health yeah. or you right. know more about the from the neck up. It's like I was right. teasing her. You know, it's right. all in, the, in our environment, in our culture that we grow up in. Right. I love this time that we're talking about and how we've actually moved this forward, including you and what you're doing now. I, I mean, we truly have created a platform where, you know, the strength of the collective from your perspective and what you just said, body, mind, spirit uh, and passion is so important. You and I have something in common. And I want to talk about that. Well, first of all, we both play racket sports. I play table tennis, but I oh, do. That's great. Yeah. You inspired me, and I'll tell you why. Your style of play on the tennis court, of course, which I could never do, inspired me to take an aggressive approach to playing table tennis. I was one of the first table tennis players um, in the, on the East Coast that used a very top-spin style of play. And I mm-hmm. remember watching you one day and thinking, why is she able to do that? And here in this other racket sport, we are still as women taught this, this defensive play. But also like you, I've had a few knee surgeries. What is it like to have that kind of pain in your body and know that you are this incredibly talented uh, athlete? I mean, how did you deal with the pain? 
Uh, it was, it's always been difficult. Uh, ever since I was 23, when I was number one in the world uh, in tennis and, and had to have my first knee operation, it was very, very difficult. Uh, how many knee operations have you had, Dr. Pat? Uh, let's see. I've had three on the left and two on the right. Okay. We're, we're right in there. Um, <laughs> so over the years, my life, my life got more and more difficult with the pain. I had more and more operations. Um, about, oh, probably six, five years ago. I'm never quite sure. I'm not great with time, but, uh, I got to where my life was really closing in on me. Yeah. Really couldn't wow. go up, da- up and down stairs. You know, I, I took a taxi to the gym, which is two and a half blocks away. Mm. You know, I couldn't go to a restaurant three blocks away without getting, having to get help or, oh, it was just terrible. And the most important thing to me, as far as exercise, I couldn't play tennis anymore. Wow. I love tennis. And I'm talking about exercise, not competing. Right. And so finally, um, last year on February 10th, I got my uh, double knee replacement. And I am so lucky. Uh, I went to Dr. Rodriguez at Lenox Hill in New York City, and um, he uses this Verilast uh, knee technology, which uh, has been tested for 30-year wear performance. And oh wow! More than twice as long as any other knee replacement. I don't know if you know that, but I yeah. think that's huge. Yeah, I think that's huge because now I'm 67, mm-hmm. and if I can get at least 30 years out of the, this very last knee technology, it means I'll be 97. And I think it's still going. I mean, I, I, maybe it'll end up being a 50-year deal. I don't know, but right now we know it's at least 30-year uh, uh, tested wear performance. So I, I'm like. I am so fortunate to have this very last knee in me, uh, very last knee in me, and uh, I'm just I'm so grateful. I have so much fun on the court again. I cannot tell you. I am so happy. Wow. Tennis makes me happy. When I come off playing, hitting, when I say playing, I mean hitting half court and doing drills. Uh, when I come off the court after 45 minutes to an hour, I am so happy. I feel very integrated and connected with myself to myself. And also uh, to the universe. I don't know. There's something mm-hmm. special for me personally to play tennis. And so when I come off the court, as I'm walking off the court, I play in Central Park in New York a lot. As I'm walking off the court, I'm always just so thankful because I'm like, oh, thank you, God. I got to play tennis again. Thank oh you, my Dr. Rodriguez. Thank you to all my physical therapists. Thank you to everyone who's made my life better. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I get to play tennis again. I can get out of bed without tweaking my knee and having to put ice on it for 10 days and elevating it and, you know, using an ace bandage to compress so they don't get to compress it so the swelling goes down. So all those things are so important to me. And so every day I get to be very thankful that uh, I can play tennis again. And I can go to the – I can walk to the gym. I can right, walk forever right. now. Right. I can take a walk in Central Park now, which I haven't been able to, or Riverside Park or down by the Hudson. Or you, I, I can go to the gym. I can lift weights again. I can do – Whatever I want, I can do it. My balance is better. I have stability uh, that I haven't had. I cannot remember my knees being this stable since my 20s. You know, I love this. I love this story and what you're sharing about this because, you know, this is breakthrough for people to know that they can get this. And I just want to make sure folks will know by the end of this interview, you know, what this technology is. 30 years of wear and performance, isn't that almost double what the yes. yeah okay that's what okay. I thought. Here's, here, here's here's what if I had known about the very last knee technology earlier, 
Yeah. I kept waiting too because I kept thinking they're not going to they don't last very long. That's what that's kind right. of the, the that's kind of the central theme that everyone kind of shares with each other when you you know just talking with people like if you're not now we're start talking about our knees because your knees aren't good, right. my knees aren't good. Oh, I don't know if I can get that because it all, I hear it only lasts 10, uh, 10 years and I, I'm going to have to have it again. I don't want to have, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, and so it's like, okay, well, now you can. With this I just went through that. I just went through that conversation with myself and my best friend. You just went, exactly. You just went through that did. conversation. That's exactly what happens every day in my life with all of us who either have shoulders, knees, hips, whatever it is. Everyone talks about it and, uh, so I don't know if you have a lot of uh, knowledge seekers out there and the ones that like to go to the internet and do research, then go to rediscoveryourgo.com. Yeah, and actually and we're going to put up a link and we're going to put up a banner, and so we'll let oh, folks know about that. Yeah, absolutely. Because this mm-hmm. is like information. When I when I got the information about this, and I and I wanted to talk with you because, you know, there are things that that we are passionate about. I can only imagine how much your heart must have hurt, Billy Jean from not being able to play tennis. I actually couldn't even imagine that. I mean, I've always seen you on the court in some way. When I think of Billie Jean King, I think of you playing. Your heart must have been so hurt. My gosh. Uh, you I really missed it. Oh. And when oh. I watch the others play, like if I watch at Wimbledon or, or if I watch, my my core business is world team tennis. And um we're in the communities. If, you know, we have nine cities and ten markets and all this. And we try to really be yeah. part of the community. And, you know, health is a very big part of the community. Also, I'm on the uh, council, in the President's Council for uh, Fitness, Sports, and Nutrition. Mm-hmm. And, I started the, and I started the Women's Sports Foundation back in 74 when we knew obesity, health, title. We've also been basically the garden, guardians of Title IX for sports uh, for women. And so this has been... A passion in the health cost because of our obesity and, and harder on your joints. But there's there's a way now to stay active, you know, that we didn't have before uh, with this very last new technology and knowing it lasts as long as it does. It's just so much fun. It's totally. So I just, so I just hope people will start doing the research, you know, go online, just start thinking about it. If you're in pain, if someone out there is in pain, if you're in pain, Pat, Dr. Pat, just start thinking about what your life could be. And believe me, it, it's a painful rehab. Dr. Rodriguez is fantastic. I mean, when I went in and talked with him for a consultation, I said, well, talk to me. I said, I only have one question. Can I play tennis again? And he said, yes. <laughs> he says, you mean competitively? Do you want to win Wimbledon again? I said, no, 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 no. I'm too old. I don't care about that. I just want to hit. He said, that's easy peasy. And then I said, well, how long is the rehab? And he said, it's it's six months to a year. So there's a commitment, but it is worth it, I'm telling you. And what I would think about when I was going through my rehab is that first tennis ball I was going to get get the hit. Guess where I hit my first tennis ball? Where? At Wimbledon. At oh, Wimbledon. wow. Last year, I went out on court 16. I snuck out there. I'm not supposed to be out there. You know, it's for the players. It's during the tournament. You're not supposed <laughs> to be. And so I walked out, <laughs> and I um, hit my first ball. Uh, I had I stood at net, so I made and I wanted to make sure I made it over the net. The first shot, uh-huh. I didn't want to hit. I did not want to miss the first ball. The first right. ball is so important. And sometimes how you start is how you finish. So I'm like, come on. And so I, uh, Ross Fairbank from South Africa, put it right on my 
racket, and we got a shot of it. We actually got a picture of it, so I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so glad. Did somebody get their phone and take take a photo, you know, just anything. <laughs> we have this recorded. So I was on Court 16. I'm going to go back there this year when I go next week and go back out to Court 16 and start visualizing and kind of returning to where I hit my first ball after my, uh, you know, double knee replacement. Oh, I think it's great. But you know what? You are, you're pretty acquainted with, uh, doing things first. I mean, you have so many bullet points next to your list of accomplishments as the first woman commissioner of professional sports, first woman to coach co-ed. I mean, first to do a lot of things. Where did you get that from? How, how do you describe that aspect of your nature? I'm not sure how to really describe it, but, I, um, I remember, well, when I was seven, I told my mother I was going to do something great with my life. So obviously I oh. felt good about life. Mm. You know, something was, I felt, I don't know, I got this feeling inside my soul that, and I'm drying the dishes and I said, Mom, I, I, I just know I'm going to do something great with my life. And she's going, that's fine. Just keep drying those dishes. She wasn't too <laughs> concerned. She thought, that's sweet for a seven-year-old to say that. And then when I was 11, I wanted to be number one in the world after I'd played tennis the second time. And then when I was 12, I had an epiphany. Mm. Epiphany really was about uh, how I wanted to change tennis and the world. And and I, I really the essence of who I am since I've been 12 is um, caring about equal rights and opportunities for boys and girls, men and women. That is really how I feel, equality mm. for both genders. We've always got to do the right thing by both genders. You can't go wrong. When you are biased one gender over another, it never works long term. I mean, look at what we had before Title IX. Title IX was the first time we got equal federal funding for boys and girls. Before 1972, you know, doctors, lawyers, women that wanted to be those in those professions, the quotas were 5%, 10%. And we're talking about the Harvards of the world. We're not talking about schools we haven't heard of. Um, and that was horrible and also uh, I'm a pre-title nine baby so I didn't get a full scholarship to college in fact in the early 60s I was at Cal State LA uh, working two jobs and thought yeah. I was living large yeah and, and I really and I felt blessed and I felt like I was living large but you know 30 miles away Stan Smith who became number one in the world was full scholarship to SC University of Southern California and not very far from there was UCLA and Arthur Ashe got a full full ride and so uh, after 1972, things started to change, not only uh, in all of education, including women's uh, sports. And for the first time, a woman could get an uh, athletic scholarship. So I'm, I'm thrilled with Title IX. Uh, that's the reason I wanted to beat Bobby Riggs a year later, was to tar- start to change the hearts and minds of people to match up with the legislation of Title IX. So exactly. Exactly, because, you know, that's another first. I mean, nobody ever thought to really buck the system in the, in that way, especially through, you know, especially through sports. And, boy, I'll tell you, you know, what you, uh, Billy Jean, have been able to create is a huge door openings for people and people, women in particular, to, you know, and, and to just step up and say, you know, I want to be able to compete at this level. And so what's on the horizon for you now? I mean, there is so much that, well, I do, um, yeah. I do world team tennis. That's my core business. I'm a small businesswoman. I have been since 1968. Uh-huh. I used to own tournaments. We had no infrastructure when we started uh, professional women's tennis. Right. I, so got to put your money where your mouth is. So we, we help by having a couple of tournaments, a group of us. Um, 
I've been in an, an ownership position of either tournaments or teams or leagues uh, since that early 70s, since early 70s. My former husband and I did a exhibition in 1968 at the Oakland Coliseum. That was our first. We had no money, and we did it, and we made money on it, so we got lucky. Um, we could have lost. I don't know where the money would have come from if we lost it. That's what youth does for you. We don't know any better, which is good sometimes. You know, you just go for it. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, that's that. And World Team Tennis is my core business. It's men and women uh, on a team together, uh, equal contribution by both uh, genders, and it's on a level playing field. And so when young people come out to watch a World Team Tennis match, he or she sees himself because both genders are playing. And then also they see us cooperating and they see leadership and supportive things going on. And sometimes the male is in a leadership position. Sometimes the woman is in there. You have to support each other. And then we also have on-coach, on-court coaching, which I'm a big believer in. Uh, in tournament tennis, they do not do that. They don't, they come out in doubles between sets sometimes. I don't like that. I like immediate feedback when you're trying to help somebody, not wait. So I'm very big on that, and also I think coaches don't get their fair due in our sport and tennis. So uh, the socialization process for children is very important to me. I think it means it makes a big difference what you experience as a child, whether you're empowered or mm-hmm. not. Enormous. And whether Billy- whether you're a good team a good team person, and also to step up and lead when when it's appropriate. Sometimes you lead in front, sometimes you lead in behind, sometimes quitting is leading. So there's different forms of leadership at different times in one's life. I'll tell you that what you just said is something clearly to remember. Billie Jean, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to make sure everybody has the website out there that we uh, talked about earlier. Uh, knee pain, hip pain, whatever it is, go to www.rediscoveryourgo.com. And we're going to be posting this in the Dr. Pat Show uh, newsletter and uh, website, et cetera. Uh, thank you, Billie Jean, for joining us Thanks, today. Thanks, Dr. It's Pat. It's so great. If you ever need to call me about your knees, give me a call. I'm actually. I'm going to do that. I'm actually was born in the Bronx, so I'm actually from New York. You're born so in the Bronx, bing it a boom. There it I'm, is. There it is. And I'm telling you, when I read about this show today and um, and the fact that this is so different, it's changed my whole perspective on what I could do. Thank you so much again. You're very welcome, and good luck. It was meant to be, huh? Uh, absolutely meant to be. And let all me right. know if there's any way I can support you at all. I would love to do so. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, All right, Dr. Pat. Thank you, Billie Jean King, everybody. Wow. I'm going to have to get her back. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Rubenesque Yoga. We offer yoga classes at retreats that focus on relaxation and rejuvenation. You do not need to be a marathon runner or bend like a pretzel to attend our classes. Rubenesque Yoga's retreats are held at the beautiful Wild Iris Inn located in Lacana, Washington, where you will enjoy a weekend of relaxation, yoga, and shopping. Please visit yogaforplussizes.com for more information. That's yogaforplussizes.com.